2: On SEN, this is the sporting capital.
3: It's great to have your company on the home of sport right around this glorious nation. It is Wednesday night. It's a beautiful day if you're in Melbourne town and right across the country. You can join us. 1 300 736 736. John Donahoe with you here for the next two hours taking your calls and your texts as well on the temper text 0433 98 11 16. If you are just joining us and you missed uh, the Macca's run before that, our topic tonight is about unsung heroes. It's on the back of Shemar Joseph and Tom Hartley, both taking seven for to lead their teams to victory on the last day of on, in each of their team's last tests. I want to know who the great unsung or underappreciated heroes in sport are. It doesn't have to be in footy, can be anything you like. And I've got a heap of prizes to give away to the best caller as well. And the only way that you can get these prizes, it's very simple. one 736 736 The Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts. For all things real estate, speak to Harcourts. Uh, we've got a big show coming your way. I'll get to the prizes in a moment. Will Sutherland, new in the ODI squad, the Victorian captain and of course, the Melbourne Renegades captain, Darren Berry, part of the SEN Cricket commentary team. He'll be with me at the MCG on Friday. We're going to preview the ODI as well. And Matt Forrest, the chief of staff at the Herald Sun, is going to jump on the line shortly to talk about a few things in the world of footy. one three hundred seven i have got a Signet Boost power bank to give away. 18 holes of golf plus a cart at Club Mandalay. That's one of the best courses I've played on in some time. And... Even better, I've got three prizes tonight. I've got two general admission tickets to a game of your choice in the 2024 AFL home and away season. As my producer Ben pointed out a little bit earlier, you can't just say you want tickets to the grand final. This is home and away season general admission tickets. So uh, if you want those, give us a call. one 736 736 If you want to get... Involved in the conversation. Unsung heroes across the world of sport. And the calls are coming in. So I'll read out a couple of mine that I like over the uh over the journey as well. Well uh, well Benny gets a couple of calls up as well. one 736 736 I had Jason Graham in the 2009 grand final. If the Saints won, he would have won the Norm Smith. He was enormous for them, nearly carried them over the line. I mentioned before Daryl Mitchell. Uh, underrated in New Zealand cricket, averages 52 with the bat in both formats of the game, 52 or more with the bat in both formats of the game. That's Test and ODI cricket. 11 centuries across both formats, just doesn't get talked, talked about enough in the scheme of things. And controversially, I want to throw this one out there. 0433981116 0433981116 736736. I think you have to give Jerry Krause credit for the Bulls dynasty. I think he is the unsung hero of the Chicago Bulls in their dynasty. He put that team together. He is the unsung hero of the era. Uh, everyone praises Jordan, rightly so, Pippen and Rodman, they did it on the court. We know that, but without Jerry Krause there putting it all together, and I know it's controversial for all these uh, fans out there of the Chicago Bulls and I know they weren't overly Uh, positive about Jerry Krause's time, the players at the Chicago Bulls. I reckon he is an unsung hero. And I reckon as well, I'm wondering here, do do we classify Stewie Jew as an unsung hero of the 2008 grand final? He did have a blistering third quarter and was a big part of why they won that grand final as well. He was the hero of the day. But obviously Luke Hodge was superb across four quarters. And one I didn't really want to read out, but I think I have to, Shane Ellen, 1997, five goals in the win over the Saints in the 1997 Grand Final. So apologies to my fellow Saints supporters there. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 jump on the courts, open line. Couple of callers there at the moment. We'll start with John in Mill Park. G'day, John. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you going?
0: Yeah, very well, thanks. So I've
3: got two very quick ones. I think the
0: first one, without a shadow of a doubt, in my opinion, is Michael Pevitt.
2: Yes, um, good
0: Australian one. cricket, cricket one-day team. I mean, uh, the amount of matches that he saved or won for Australia, I mean, a lot of those ones that we did we, was due to his batting and his, his ability to know when to hold up an end and then when to attack. Uh, he was just unbelievable. Um, and I think he's a true unsung hero. And you hardly ever hear him spoken about.
3: So reliable, John. So, so reliable when he went out to the middle.
0: Yeah, and, and the other one for me was 2017, um, being a Richmond member and a supporter, Pasha um, Huli, his game in that green final was, uh, I think he, if anyone, outside of Dusty, he deserved the Norm Smith medal, and he's an unsung at Richmond because he, he crossed over from Essendon. They yep. didn't believe in him in Essendon, but he, then he became a true, a really, really, really good footballer at the Tigers. And for me, 2017 was his year.
3: Yeah, and I reckon I reckon Sean Grigg could get a, a nomination for an Unsung Hero as well throughout his career, time at Richmond and... You know, he turned himself into a ruckman for God knows how long and was dominant on the day. So, yeah, Richmond had a few in that uh, grand final. Good on you, John. Appreciate the call. Michael Bevan is a fantastic, fantastic nomination for an unsung hero. Uh, and Gary is up next in Carnegie. G'day, Gary. G'day, yeah, John. How you going, mate? Good, good. Um, Go ahead. Great show. This You should have more than one <laughs> night doing Thank this. Thank you, mate.
4: Fantastic. Um... As a Swan supporter, mm. uh, I saw this Blake play his first game for Port Melbourne. Came from a rugby background, Sydney. Lewis Roberts Thompson.
3: Oh yeah, Ended LRT. In two
4: grand
0: finals and watched both games. He was enormous.
3: Yeah, LRT was. He was the definition of unsung. Just got about. Just got about his business without any flair, really. But he was just consistent, super consistent yeah. in what he did
4: you two thousand and twelve and hawle were really coming. He took two or three marks at the mm. end
0: just amazing. So yeah.
3: Absolutely. But- Hey, Gary, I'll give you a choice. I'll let, I'll let you talk to uh, to Benny out the back. You can either have a Signet Boost Power Bank uh, valued at forty four ninety five. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. Or you can play golf, 18 holes of golf plus a card at Club Mandalay uh, for you and a mate uh, for midweek for just $99. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. I'll pass you back to Benny, and he can uh, discuss with you which one you want. Appreciate your call. On that, Gary, one 736 736 Some great nominations there. I've got heaps of prizes to give away if you want to jump on board and get yourself involved. Uh, Ash Gardner is up at the microphone at the moment, so she's won uh, something I wasn't paying attention at the moment. I'll be able to bring you that in just a minute. Uh, We know that the BBL player of the tournament was Matt Short. Uh, We know that the WBBL Player of the tournament was Chamari Atapadu of Sri Lanka. The Women's Domestic Players of the Year were Sophie Day and Elise Villani. Cam Bancroft was the Men's Domestic Player of the Year and Fergus O'Neill was the Bradman Young Cricketer of the Year. So uh, we'll, we'll let you know what Ash Gardner has won in just a moment when it updates on my screen as well. 0433 98 11 16. A couple more. I, I, a current day one that I think is a really good operator in terms of their output and their unsung hero-ness, if, uh, if you like. Matt Owies from the Carlton Footy Club. I I just, every time I watch Carlton, every time I commentate Carlton, I really like what Matt Owies brings to the table. Uh, I think his energy, I think his reliability, he's very good in front of goal when he takes a mark. And he just doesn't, he doesn't have the flair of a Walsh, a Crips, a, you know, all that midfield at Carlton, he just goes about his business in the forward line, does his thing, no frills. And Matt always, I reckon he's good for a, a goal or two a game uh, these days. So he is, uh, he is a genuine, genuine unsung hero as well. If you've got one for your team, I mentioned as well, uh, uh, who did I mention? I mentioned Christian Salem earlier. As I said, doesn't have the pizzazz of of those few, uh, those superstar players but uh he is ever reliable on uh on the field for the melbourne footy club uh let's get back to the phones we'll get to matt forrest as well after this next caller uh he's going to join us and run us through all of the afl action today haggis in Narry warren is on the line g'day haggis g'day how you going good how are you you couldn't get much better than johnny blackie surely yeah, John Blakey. He, he and that was another star-studded lineup as well, wasn't it? You know, in the More in the ever. in the '90s. So, John Blakey, ever reliable throughout that time.
4: There was a few blokes in there, like Craig Scholl, We, we could go down the Dean or Danny Low mm-hmm. uh, we had some bloody super players back then.
3: Absolutely, he certainly did. Uh, thanks for your call, Haggis. Appreciate it. We have got to keep on moving. 0433981116. 1300 736 736. Chris off the Tampa Texas said, has to be Chris Mew for the Hawks in the 80s. So many big names in the team. He was first picked by Alan Jeans. There's so many of them for footy clubs that are just unheralded, underrated. And Matt Owies, I think, is a great example of that for Carlton. Each team has an unsung hero, or there's been games where an unsung hero has been involved in a massive way. I think Stewie Jew is the biggest example of that. A great start. one 736 We'll keep the calls coming as the show goes on. But we'll get to our first guest. The Chief of Staff of the Herald Sun, Matty Forrest, is on the line. He's going to talk all things footy for us here on the Sporting Capital. Hello, Fridge. Johnny, how are you? Great to talk to you. Uh, it's the first time you're on uh, on here with me, so a pleasure to have you on debut? Uh, what's making news in the world of footy? Clayton Oliver returned to footy trading today.
5: He certainly did. It was a, a long-awaited return for the Melbourne superstar. Trained this morning, he he was limited in what he could do just due to the fact that he's still rehabbing a knee surgery in that he had in September last year. But it was all smiles from his teammates and for the fans that gathered at Gosh's Paddock. Uh, footy boss, Alan Richardson, didn't give a clear timeline for his return to full training, but it's all positive at the moment. There's still question marks whether he will play early in the season or whether it will be a mid-season introduction for him. But he was doing running, kicking, a bit of tackling, a bit of centre-bounce work with Max Gorm. So it was great to see those two linking up again. And all things really positive out of Gosh's Paddock for, for that uh, that return of, of uh, Clayton Oliver.
3: Yeah, and he, he had a smile on his face, which was the main thing, and I think it'll give a smile to Melbourne fans as well. He's, he's so vitally important. So uh, so if you're reading between the tea leaves, Maddie, are you suggesting probably not ready for round one at this stage and they'll just give him a little bit of an extended uh, build-up over the next couple of weeks? Uh,
5: from, from what Richardson was saying, it sounds like they'll try and give him as, as much time as it takes, whether it means that he'll be fit to that opening round or, or whether it is a few weeks into the season uh, I don't think they're, they're keen to put a, a real timeline or a hard stamp on it just yet which which gives the indication that it might take a little bit of time and um, I'm sure there's plenty more to play out between now and, and the start of the season that we'll, we'll hear about with Clayton um, but as you said it's, it's all it's all positive at the moment that he's back training with the group obviously he did a fair bit of work by himself um, through that that process and and trying to get his mind and and body right for for football again. And the fact that he's with the group is a major step forward.
3: Absolutely. John Ralph put on the agenda today that the mid-season trade period looking likely, but not this year, 2025. Good for business or no?
5: I think so. I think it gives teams an opportunity to to really, you know, get their team in order and, and make sure they've got the right pieces if they are looking for a finals push. There have been teams that have fallen away late just because they haven't had the right pieces due to injury or or other issues. So I think it adds something different to the AFL. There is plenty to still play out with it. John obviously broke today that the decision will will come down to. It's it's very likely at this point, but um, they still need to talk about the salary cap implications, trade implications. Um, Obviously clubs can currently overspend the salary cap if they have, Um, banked a bit of room in the previous years. So that is still uh, something that they need to look at. And and obviously tanking could be a potential issue too. Um, So there are still things to iron out with it, but it looks like it will be ready to to be introduced from 2025
3: onwards. Is it a case, though, of the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? I mean, if North Melbourne can't, you know, make finals and and Collingwood need a Ruckman and Collingwood go and say – Look, we'll take Tristan Sherry off your hands. I'm just using this as an example. North Melbourne fans, don't come at me, please. But I'm, I'm just using that as an example. Collingwood get the get the ruckman that they need and a finals push, and North Melbourne are down to their third or fourth string ruckman. Now, obviously, North Melbourne wouldn't do it in that situation, but you get what I mean? This this has all the ramifications of being rorted throughout a little bit.
5: I guess the argument could be made on the other side of things, that, that, that if a club was to put a player on the market they'd be getting maximum value for that player they don't need to move anyone um but it would be a case of if the if the trade is right and if it benefits one team in the short term then the team that's receiving a pick or or something in return would need to be benefited in the long term and and therefore you could argue that they'd, they'd ask for a fair bit more than what he might be valued at at that current time so there are there are issues with it still and as I said it's all to be ironed out in the in the next few days and we should have an answer um, soon but all of the clubs need to lodge their submissions by Friday mm. in terms of what they're preferencing um, I'm sure it'll all come out in the wash in the next few weeks but uh, yeah it is it is one that could be a little bit um, divisive in terms of the the implications that you know teams could try and take advantage of other teams.
3: I am all for it by the way. I I think it's a I think it's a get with the time sort of scenario. I just think that some teams will probably try and um use it to their maximum advantage and so they should. If it's more I think be- beneficial for players on the fringe who who aren't getting games at one club to be able to go and get themselves a little bit more of a a rejuvenation of their career I would have thought.
5: Yeah, absolutely. There's always going to be you know discussions at the start of the season, whether a player is going to break into that best 22 or best 23 now. Um, and halfway through the season, we might see a player fall out of favour at a club. If you just look at last year, what Brody Grundy could have done at Melbourne, if there was a trade period, whether he halfway through the season has dropped to the VFL and he decides, you know, this isn't working with Max Gorn and rather than waiting around and trying to break back in and, you know, playing games a handful at a time in the VFL Um, whether he would have looked at a a potential move to to a different club and potentially, you know, obviously he's at Sydney now and he he looks to have taken the number one ruck role there, but could have ended up at a completely different club that was crying out for a ruck at the time.
3: Absolutely. Been a bit of match simulation around uh, today, Matty. We're obviously, what, five weeks away from the season kicking off. We've got pre-season matches kicking off in, well, this month essentially. I mean, we are through the 31st of January. So, Paddy Dow at the Saints. A knee bone bruising, not a good sign for them but they had their match sim today?
5: They certainly did. I think Paddy has escaped um, pretty well. Obviously, we'll miss the next two to four weeks which puts a dent on his hopes for an early season club debut but, as you said, bone bruising is, is quite positive for him considering last week the club thought he had torn his ACL and and sent him for scans, so it's great that to see that it is a short-term injury for that recruit. Um, he looks like he should be in the uh, conversation for a debut early on, though. Still, um, the Saints were, yeah, they, they had, as you said, their match simulation today. Um, one of your favourite players, I know, Matejs Filipo, uh, is is really priming for a midfield role. Obviously, played all 23 games uh, last season for the Saints. Um, that former first-round pick from a year ago. Um, The youngest player in that draft as well Mm. has really stepped up in that midfield mix and is starting to really dominate centre-bounce attendances. He's only just turned 19 in December, so it's really positive signs for him. Um, And Dan Butler is likely to miss the start of the season, but tracking well from an Achilles complaint there. So um, things are looking up for the Saints. Obviously, a couple of injury concerns. There, but uh, for the most part, they've been uh, they've been pretty healthy.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Mateus Filippo, he's going to be something special, Matty. I'm telling you. Uh, what about uh, the Swans, D's, and the Tigers? All had matched him today. Let's go through the Swans first.
5: Yeah, as I said, Brody Grundy starred. Um, he was he was absolutely fantastic um, playing as a solo ruck. There, um, Sam Wicks was one that sort of jumped out as well. as a, a bit of a surprise name, but he was one of the best. His defensive pressure and his, his tackle. Uh, Pressure is fantastic, so he's one to watch going into the season. Uh, position change for Matty Roberts. Uh, obviously drafted as an inside midfielder a few years ago, going into his third year, he's playing primarily up half back with the Probables team. So that's a position change to watch. Whether he fits in come the uh, the start of the season it remains to be seen, but interesting to, to see that position change. Um, Angus Sheldrick, another one who's a, a breakout candidate, who's obviously been in the system for a little while now, and he's, he's a very physical inside midfielder combined well with Chad Warner um, through the guts there. So he's another one that is one to
3: watch. Um, and James Jordan looking good on a wing for the Swans. Absolutely. We're running out of time. So maybe just give us Richmond's notes there as well, and then we'll, uh, we'll let you go. Matty, what have the Tigers got for their match, Sim?
5: Uh, well, Duffy dominated in the first Course. quarter and then sat out, <laughs> which is not a surprise. He He's obviously being eased into the season. No injury concern there. A little bit of hamstring awareness for Dion Prestia. Uh, Nothing to be concerned too much about. He'll go and get scans, but it was more of a case of he was only playing a quarter and just pulled up a little bit tight, so they dragged him after a few minutes. Um, Noah Bolter played up in the forward line. Um, He had a bit of a scare after a big knock, but he played out the game. Uh, Tom Lynch is still a couple of weeks away. No one's prepared to declare him ready for the opening rounds, but... Um, he's hopeful that he can potentially get a game at least early in the season. And uh, Josh Gibbkiss was a, a, a nice sight to see um, playing. He obviously missed the entire season last year with hamstring issues. But he, uh, he played the whole match simulation tonight and, and played quite well.
3: Love this time of year, Maddie. We're, we're, we're building up to a big opening round and then into round one and uh, season 2024 not far away. Appreciate you jumping on, mate. Great to talk to you again. It's always fun and we'll catch up soon. Thanks for having me, John. Matthew Forrest there from the Herald Sun the chief of staff there giving a comprehensive wrap on the footy just before we go to the break uh, the Allen Border Medal has been won by Mitch Marsh what a what a resurgence it has been from Mitch Marsh in this year and he's back in the side and he is the number one man he's just won the Allen Border Medal we're going to take a break plenty more to come Will Sutherland not far away from joining us
2: On SEN, this is the Sporting Capital.
3: It is the Sporting Capital on your home of sport, 11.16 SEN. Wednesday night, ODI series kicks off on Friday. Still plenty of sport to come. Mitch Marsh is the Allen Border medalist, which is remarkable to me if we sat here two years ago and said that Mitch Marsh would be the Allen Border medalist. Good on him. A true blue Australian. He's won me over. He's won me back after I was a bit critical of him years and years ago. Fair play to him. I'm happy to admit I was wrong on that. Good on, good on Mitch Marsh. One 736 three six seven three six. We'll very quickly get to Brad and Ball when we've got to clear another break and come back with Will Sutherland. Uh, we're just tight on time here, but Brad's on the Harcourts Open line. G'day, Brad. Hey, Gunners. How are you, mate? Good. Very good, Brad. How's uh, how's things? Yeah, good, mate.
6: I'm just coming back from basketball, uh, social basketball. The boys got a win. It was it was brilliant.
3: Lovely. How many points are we talking tonight?
6: Oh, nah, no, it's not about points, Donners. It's just about, you know, playing your role and, and getting some boards and assists and steals and blocks and, and not getting thrown out of the joint,
3: too. Yeah, well, that is important. Did you win at least?
6: Yeah, yeah, we got the win, mate. It was a close one. Uh, it was really close in the end, but um, uh, my other big Bommy, he stood up when it counted and hit the clutch bucket, and then we, uh, yeah, we just held the ball at the end there, and I uh, got the four points,
3: which was good. Geez, sounds like a very, very athletic and very sporting family you come from, Bradley. Uh, you got an unsung hero before me before we let you go. Yeah, mate, just quickly,
6: I got two. I'm, I'm, I'm a big D's fan, and a couple that uh, get, um, you know, a bit of a hard rap from the D's, uh from the D's fans. If I'm being honest. Uh, Alex Nibbler, Neil Bullen, uh, just you know, a real barometer of the team. He, he gets he gets whipped on a little bit by by the D's fans when he has a sticker, but when he's up and going, we're up and going. Um, and then another guy who fell out of favour a little bit last year. He got dropped a couple of times. Um, Charlie Spargo. Mm-hmm. But, you know, D's obviously they have such a weakness in being able to put the ball inside fifty and get up leading targets. So you know, it's imperative for. A, for Melbourne in 2024 to get the little fella up and going um, and, and hitting up the forwards and the lead for us to down back up. And, you know, hopefully uh, win the final for, for, for the
3: first time in a while, done Absolutely. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Great analysis of the days. Alex Neil Bullen and Charlie Spargo, both big, big key parts of the Melbourne Footy Club. Bradley, well done and uh, good luck for the rest of the season in basketball. Hopefully you can win a premiership soon. Thanks, Donners. Good on you, Brad. Brad in Baldwin there. We're going to get to a very quick break. Will Sutherland going to join us on the other side of this.
2: On SEN, this is the Sporting Capital.
3: Welcome back to the Sporting Capital. John Donohoe here. Plenty happening in the world of sport. And if you are a cricket fan, which most of us are, the cricket continues this Friday with the first of three one-day internationals as the Aussies take on the West Indies at the MCG. It's the first time... We will have seen the Aussies in action in one-day cricket since the World Cup triumph over India late last year. Some new faces running around in this series, which is great, and one of them is Victorian Sheffield Shield captain and Renegade skipper, Will Sutherland. Will, welcome to the Sporting Capital.
1: Thanks, John. Thanks for having me.
3: First time in an Aussie squad. This must be very exciting for you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Slightly surprising news, but um, yeah, nonetheless, incredibly exciting, and Grateful for the opportunity. Um, yeah, potentially a chance to play one game, which is, um, incredible and obviously the boyhood dream. So, um, yeah, great to be around some, some big names.
3: And I spoke to you in the lead-up to the Renegades-Stars game. We spoke in the cricket nets. You were about to go have a hit. And I asked you the question, do you have international honours in your future? And you, you sort of hadn't thought about it. You you were pretty content playing for Victoria. And and this now has just come out of nowhere. You are coming in as a replacement. It must be a great thrill for you that you are getting the recognition you deserve.
1: Uh, thank you. Yeah, look, yeah, I probably don't like... I assume a lot of other guys don't sort of think about it as much, like you, you're just playing for your state and, or big bash team and trying to win games. Um, it's always the way I sort of thought of it, trying to win the game for the team at the time. And um, if higher honours come uh, my way, then, you know, so be it. But, um, yeah, definitely not something that you're, you know, always thinking, gee, I want to play for Australia <laughs> all the time, just probably adding a little bit too much pressure to yourself there. So, um, yeah, luckily enough, a, a spot opened up for me. And, um, yeah, I'd like to think I've, I've had a good sort of, body of work over five years of, of decent one that cricket for Victoria, and, um, but I've been selected.
3: Who, who gave you the call? Was it George Bailey gave you a call, told you, and, and did they give you an indication of your, if you're a good chance to play this first game at the MCG?
1: Uh, yeah, George Bailey called me, um, was sort of pending my own fitness with an ankle, and, um, yeah, I think, I think the ankle started to feel a bit better when uh, there was a chance I was going to be called <laughs> into the Aussie squad, so um, that was all good there, and, um, yeah, look, just a chance to play... Um, one or two games was the word, so probably not this this first one. But um, who knows? I, I'd be happy with one, that's for
3: sure. You, you did tell him that you're the Victorian captain, right? And making your debut at the MCG would have been a pretty uh, pretty nice bit of synergy, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's how they used to do it back in the old days. They, they'd blood the the local boys at, at the local uh, city
3: there enough to be, but yeah, nice, absolutely. Uh, what I'm what Sorry to cut you off there. You, you broke up a little bit. But what, what have your first experiences been? I imagine you've been training the last couple of weeks. You would have gotten some new, you know, Aussie warm-up kit and some hats, some shorts, all of that. I'm sure it's been a pretty thrilling experience in the in the early days so far. That's
1: all um, part of the thrill, I think, getting <laughs> the, the new kid and, um, yeah, rubbing rubbing shoulders with some big names there. So we, yeah, we had training um, this morning. Um, so, yeah, just amazing to be out there, um, you know, bowling to some superstars and, um, yeah, side-by-side side the Nets with, with um, yeah, awesome Australian players. So that was amazing.
3: And I noticed you've been given number three. Was there a significance to that? Were you allowed to pick from a few numbers? Did you have a choice or did they just give you a number?
1: Um, I had a choice. There was a, a couple options there. Um, but, yeah, funnily enough, it's it's got nothing to do with cricket. <laughs> love love Geelong. So uh, the big big Jimmy Bartell there, he loved the number three for the catch. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it always comes back to the footy numbers. I think that's what you remember most as a youngster. Yeah,
3: there's always a significance when it comes to it. I'm sure Jimmy Bartell would be absolutely chuffed if he gets to see you run out <laughs> on the ground. Uh, tell us, Jake Fraser McGurk, he joins you in the squad, a Renegades teammate. You must have been thrilled to see him get selected alongside of you as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's been performing incredibly well for whatever team he, he pulls the, the shirt on for at the moment, um, just yeah, backing his own game. Such yeah, fast
3: hands, and we're seeing what we can do. He can do in the Big Bash. Absolutely, and th- there's yeah. Sorry, sorry, Will, your line cutting a little bit there, so apologies if I cut you off. But uh, also, another Victorian teammate of yours is Matt Short. I'm a massive Matt Short fan. We've seen what he can do in the Big Bash. What are you expecting from him throughout this series? I imagine he'll come in, open the batting. He's played just a handful of games so far, but he could be anything at international level.
1: Yeah, definitely. He probably hasn't quite clicked for him um, at international level, but, yeah, I don't think there's much of a different difference in standard from Big Bash to um, international level there. Um, so obviously, Big Bash is strong, and we've seen how well he's done over the last two BBLs. So uh, more of the same, whether it's the opening or at number six, I'm sure he'll be... Uh, yeah, using his levers and, and clearing the rope um, yeah, consistently for the Aussies, hopefully for, for years to
3: come. I know you've only been in camp for the first time for a, for a very short amount of time, but has anyone sort of taken you under their wing and, and said, you know, come here, I'll give you some pointers on this is how we do it in international cricket, or they just all let you go and be yourselves and, and do your thing?
1: Um, not as of yet. Um, probably would like to gravitate towards um, Big Greeny and, mm. and Aaron Hardy even just sort of um, like-for-like players and, um, yeah, to, to chat to Greenie and pick his brains would be pretty amazing. Um, obviously, incredible skill set. So just see um, how he goes about it in international level would be pretty cool.
3: Have you faced up to Lance Morris in the Nets yet? I know you probably played against him a couple of times, but I imagine when you're in the Nets at the MCG, it feels like you're in a real tight sort of closet facing a, a bloke bowling 150 Ks.
1: Yeah, I was a couple of nets down from Lance today and um, I certainly took my time um, getting out of uh, lane three and made sure he was done bowling before I got to to his net. But um, no, I've faced my fair share of of big Lando in shield cricket at the Wackers, So I think I've earned, earned my break from him in the nets for now.
3: Absolutely. You'd be very happy that he's on your side. Hey, more broadly... How are you enjoying getting more responsibility in shield cricket and now in the in the BBL being Victorian captain, Renegades captain? It shows you've got great leadership and I guess that you are being backed for as a future leader in, in the country.
1: Yeah, it's definitely nice to get that recognition and um, be able to lead those teams. Definitely something I, I want to do and, and love doing. Um, very lucky to have some good senior players around me um, supporting me both with the Vigs and the Gades. Um, you know, I'd love to do the, the gates in the seasons going forward and um, hopefully turn around um, what's been a bit of a struggling ship um, for the last few seasons. So, mm. yeah, just both really exciting opportunities with, the, yeah, the Vix as well um, poised nicely in, in the one day and Shield as well. So see what we can do there.
3: How are you – I know it's a long season and now you've got international duties, you've got Big Bash, then you go back to the Marsh Cup and the Sheffield Shield. How are you feeling physically and mentally? Are you, are you, in, a good, are you in a good spot and – and I guess are you just continuing on more cricket as as the summer goes on?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it at the moment. Um, yeah, don't really have those issues of of burning out um, as of yet. So uh, I think the fixture works nicely in that regard as well. With a the, the change of changes of formats, I think that helps keep things nice and fresh. Um, Big Bash comes at a nice time, and obviously this is a nice change as well. But yeah, I'm raring to go. Um, had a few niggles, so I haven't bowled as much, so I feel like I've still got plenty to give um, for the seasons coming up.
3: Let's talk about the Vicks for just a moment. Going pretty nicely in, in both competitions, and obviously they'll ramp back up once international stuff uh, finishes up. yeah, you, you happy with how you guys are placed going into the back half of the season?
1: Yeah, 100%, I think. Yeah, second in, in the one day and third in the Shield um, leaves for a pretty exciting uh, couple of months coming up, so um, won't be able to play the, the first shield game unfortunately so hopefully the can get that done. Um, but yeah as I said it's just a, a really exciting time to be a Victoria group um, has been awesome to win silver with yeah just fell on fallen a step short last um, two seasons losing the WA and the shield final so I know the boys are mm. really hungry to um, you know win both both those formats would be incredible.
3: And there was a bit of talk in the off season, you know. Victoria had sort of cleared house a little bit, you know. Jake Fraser-McGurk goes to South Australia. It was a very young-looking Victorian squad coming into this this season, yourself included. So you must be really happy with how you've you've, I guess, galvanised as a group. And now, as you said, sitting second and third in both competitions, it's it's been a really good season to date.
1: Yeah, definitely. We made a few shifts there, um, but yeah, every time we seem to. Um, blood youth, they they seem to um, swim at the, at the level, so it's really exciting for us. Um, lots, lots of our young guys on the level and, um, yeah, amazing for the, the journey that we're on to show that, yeah, we've got a bit of a team that we can um, carry forward for the next five, ten years. So, um, yeah, I think we're doing quite well with the list to, to blend a, a bit of youth and older players as well, so it's exciting, yeah.
3: Talking to Will Sutherland on the Sporting Capital. Newest member of the Australian squad to take on the West Indies in the ODIs kicking off on Friday. The Victorian captain, the Renegades captain. Let's talk a little bit about the Gades if we can. Obviously a disappointing campaign this season. Did you guys have a review after the season, discuss how you can get better and and what was the the findings of all of that?
1: Um, Not really. I think, yeah, we we know we had a good enough list. Um, There was incredible talent on that list and maybe a few things didn't go away early in the tournament. Um, I think we probably haven't been able to keep a uh, consistent um, group together for long enough. I think we always seem to start tournaments quite slow. And, yeah, in a 10-game tournament, puts you on the back foot and makes it pretty hard. So hopefully over the next few years with um, you know, myself and Jake and, and a couple of others locking in for the future, we can um, keep a, a bit of a spine of the team together. And, um, yeah, we can hit the ground running a bit more at the start of tournaments and get off to a better start. And um, I think, yeah, like teams like the Sixers have been able to do that with a similar group, so it'd be nice if we could, uh, yeah, get that going a little bit.
3: I was discussing with with former Victorian Darren Berry on the Big Bash coverage throughout the year. He he said... And suggested that both the Renegades and the Stars need more a bit more of an identity and and more Victorian players. He, he was he was a bit frosty the fact that you know Matt Short's playing in in interstate and you've got Todd Murphy playing interstate as well, a load of Victorian guys. And looks at Perth's list and says, well, there's 15 or 16 of them on that list that are all from WA. The tribalisms there a little bit like the footy, and, and the fans can go to the game. And know who they're who they're cheering for. Do you think there needs to be a little bit more of a Victorian flavour in in for you guys especially and for the stars also?
1: Probably only three guys on their state list that aren't playing Big Bash, whereas, you know, we're fourteen potentially, so um trying to get those younger Victorians that aren't doing much uh, that are more involved and continuing to develop their T twenty skills so that they can um, you know, when they get their chance to come into a renegades or a stars list that's a bit more seamless. They can come all the way, so um, yeah, it's a bit of a tricky one. I think, yeah, Todd and, and Shorty left at times where they weren't getting great opportunity and then um, started to perform when they left. But, yeah, hopefully we can start to yeah, get some more Vicks on big bash lists and, um, yeah, as I said before, sort of get um, playing groups together for longer periods of time so we can hit the ground running a bit more at the start of, of the season.
3: Do you, now as a leader of the Renegades going forward, do you have an input into potential? signings i guess domestic signings can you say to david saker and the team let's go out and have a look at this guy uh, this young victorian coming through could be a potential star
1: yeah definitely something i'd like to do um yeah be involved in in shaping the list going forward um yeah probably even if i'm just learning um about how that sort of um process works over the next season or two and then maybe can start to have a bit more of an input but yeah at this stage of my career i'm Incredibly passionate about um, turning the gauges around, and I'm sure I'll um, yeah have plenty of thinking, uh, sleepless nights, and all that <laughs> as you as you do as a cricket nuffy. So um, yeah, hopefully I can be involved in in turning that, that around.
3: Well, let's put your let's put your recruiter hat on now. We won't keep you too much longer, but you you are on the lookout for an opening batsman. Three of them are, are gone now: Finchy, uh, Sean Marsh, Quinton de We don't know what. Will happen with him, obviously, but you have to you have to pick out from anyone in the competition or worldwide who who do you want to come and open the batting for the Melbourne Renegades next year?
1: Oh, it'd be <laughs> nice to have uh, QDK back. Mm-hmm. He, um, yeah, he showed some good signs there. Obviously, we're seeing what um, someone like Josh Brown can do um, for the Brisbane Heat. He's an incredible player. Um, we know Jake Fraser-Girr can open the batting as well. So um, yeah, there's options there. Um, but yeah, just about putting the pieces together and, yeah, hopefully the, the guys at the Gades can can get that done over the next um,
3: 12 months. Final couple for you. Were you happy with the the shortened season and, and what did you think of Laurie Evans' thoughts of the season was a, a good length but just to tighten it in terms of days a little bit more to have all those uh, overseas players stick around for a bit longer?
1: Yeah, I'd be all for that. Obviously, you want the highest quality at the, for the whole tournament, especially finals, so um, yeah, maybe it was a bit last minute going from 14 to 10 games this year, I'm sure to be um, even more smooth next year. But yeah, I, I did like the shorter season. I think we saw it come back to life a little bit. A few people said that um, and, and crowds starting to pick up again. I think that's the main thing that the players want is those crowds there. I think they can start to dwindle um, in, in a longer season. So. Um, yeah, happy to see some uh, some good crowds there for sure.
3: Well, you saw forty one thousand in at Marvel for Finch's last game. Uh, they were up thirty percent this year, so I, I think finally, uh, well, the the big bash might be on the up once again.
1: Yeah, definitely. When um, yeah, Channel Seven came and spoke to us, they said something reasonably similar, and I think yeah, I felt that, and other guys felt that this season. So I'm sure it'll yeah continue to grow, and um, yeah, hopefully we can we can see that at Marvel a little bit more if the kids can get on a little bit of a heater and we can see uh, 40,000 a bit more consistently. That'll be amazing.
3: Well, it it has been a pleasure. You've given us great access, uh, not only during the Big Bash season when I spoke, spoke to you a little bit earlier, but uh, today as well. And all the best. We are wishing you all the best here at SEN. We'll be covering the game on the weekend. So hopefully you'll get uh, you'll get to run out on the MCG. If not, hopefully in a couple of uh, games' time as well. All the best, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thanks very much, John. Appreciate it.
3: Will Sutherland there, newest member of the Australian One Day International squad, bright future ahead. An all rounder with plenty to like about him can hit the ball over the fence and certainly take a lot of wickets. We're going to take a break here on the Sporting Capital. More to come next on your Home of Sport.
0: It's the rap footy fans can't
3: afford to miss. And in 2024, the Monday Means Test with David King is back on SEM.
0: I think they're in real trouble. They're going to struggle to get some significant players. It's the analysis. It's the opinions. It's the insights from the best in the business, David King. The
4: Sydney Swans trump card mids and star factor players are living a lie. They're in the water play. The
0: Monday Means test returns every Monday morning in 2024. Only on your
4: home of footy, SEM. Hello, Frank Walker from National Tiles. The National Tiles famous once a year oh. summer spend and save it's is, so is close on to now. Him. Yes, the National Tiles famous once a year summer spend and save is on now. Spend four thousand and will only charge you two thousand seven hundred and fifty. Or spend two thousand and will only charge you one thousand four hundred and fifty this national tiles famous annual summer spend and save is not to be missed so rush into national tiles now and save as cost of living explodes fuel is going up
7: food skyrocketing inflation groceries there's now a little app that can help welcome to surveys where you can earn extra money every week
3: simply sign up then complete short online surveys and earn real dollars into
0: your account go to surveyz.com.au or download
7: now and use the referral code sen at sign up surveys turn your opinions into cash SEN is the home of EPL. This weekend, catch Everton v Tottenham, Newcastle against Luton Town, Sheffield United versus Aston Villa, and Man U host West Ham United. English Premier
8: League, live on SEN and the SEN app. Brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. You win some, you lose more.
7: At Autoflip, we flipped the script on selling your car. Forget lowball trade-in offers or weeks of dodgy tyre kickers dropping by. Simply list your car online for free with Autoflip and have over 1,000 dealers bidding to buy your car. Smart, hey? Autoflip flips the selling process on its head. Better still, you only pay when you accept the best offer. So don't just sell your car, flip it with Autoflip. It's the easier, quicker, smarter way to sell your car. Schnitz is helping your New Year's Schnitz solutions come true. They're giving away a year's supply of delicious golden crumb Schnitz. To win, visit ikanwin.com.au and tell us your New Year's Schnitz solution. Teas and c's apply.
0: Real people, real products, real fun. No matter who you are, Sexyland has something real sexy for everyone. With Australia's biggest range of sexy costumes, lingerie, couples toys and fun gifts and games for adults. Sexyland, 11 stores in Melbourne and Geelong open till midnight, seven days a week. Or we'll shop online for two hour delivery. Sexy now, cool now, now, sexy Sexyland.com.au
6: Sexyland.com.au
0: Back to work in style with WorkLocker, Carom
6: Downs and Pakenham. They have red-hot deals on shorts, boots and pants from all the best brands like Cat, Bisley, Hard Yakka, Steel Blue, FXD, Mungrel, and heaps more. Stock up and save with awesome multi-buy offers at WorkLocker, Carom Downs
3: and Pakenham. Unlock stocks and pull the value, WorkLocker, WorkLocker. Tradies and lawn enthusiasts power up your arsenal with Greenworks' range of battery-powered lawn and garden equipment. The Greenworks Pro 60V product range packs a serious punch with petrol-like performance without the noise and fumes. With over 20 products in the range, including lawn mowers, blowers, chainsaws, string trimmers, ride-on and zero-turn mowers, they're powered by an interchangeable 60V ultra power battery and backed by a four-year tour warranty. For more information, including dealer locations, visit greenworksaustralia.com.
2: But as soon as you come, yeah, as soon as you come back. On SEN, this is the sporting capital.
3: Great to have your company. That hour went very, very quickly. And you can join in the conversation. one 736 736 This is the sporting capital and your home of sport, SEN. Right across the network, John Donahoe is my name. It's a pleasure to be with you. Darren Berry going to join us after 9 o'clock. We're also going to hear Mitch Marsh's speech. It was an emotional one. And he praised and gave thanks to... Uh, to P- captain Pat Cummins and to coach and all his teammates as well, uh, Andrew McDonald and uh, and others. So we'll play you that. It's one of the all time great speeches. It's about two minutes, so we're going to play the whole thing for you. He's won the Allen Border Medal. Ash Gardner has won the uh, the Belinda Clark Award. Hey, Sean. The Belinda Clark Award as well. So that will get a comprehensive wrap of in uh, in. No time. We'll do that uh, after 9 o'clock. We'll take your calls and we'll uh, get you on the temper text as well. 0433 98 11 16. If you want to weigh in on the conversation, we're talking unsung heroes. I've given a couple of mine and hopefully we can get a couple of yours as well. Very quickly, let's get to Sean. We're running rapidly out of time. Sean's in Brunswick on the Harcourt's open line. G'day, Sean. Hey
6: Donners, How are you, mate? Going well, mate. How are you? I'm good. I reckon I've got one at the Pies. No one's mentioned. What about Lockie Schultz?
3: Yeah, well, we, we haven't seen him play for the Pies yet, have we? So he's, uh, he's a, a hidden gem for them and a, definitely a steal. But, yeah, I mean, we you can't really call him an unsung hero if he hasn't played a game for them. Certainly for Frio, he was a, an unsung hero.
6: I reckon he might go under the radar because not many people watch footy uh, in WH from Victoria. Had 23 touches and scored five goals against the Eagles late mm. last year, won the best on ground in the derby. So I think he could be one to watch.
3: Yeah, no, he's a star. He's going to get uh, plenty of attention, and he's a good get for the Pies as well. Uh, Sean, thanks. Great call. We've got to keep going because we are about to uh, run out of time. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I think. Uh, I think Lockie Schultz is going to be a very, very good player for the Collingwood Footy Club in 2024. And Sean, all over it. I think he's got a bit of a Perth tinge to him, Sean. I reckon he might have he might have come from Perth, I I would say. He's got that little little accent from uh from the west of the country. Good on you, Sean. Appreciate that. one 736 736 433 98 1116 If you want to weigh in on anything in the world of sport, you can. Absolutely do they. You can talk about Mitch Marsh as well, his resurgence and the the career turnaround that he has had since being on the outer and on the scrap heap for so very long and now being an Allen Border medalist. Remarkable turnaround in uh, in about 12 months. Only came into the side. He's been in and out. He played in the Ashes. He played in the World Test Championship at times as well. And he certainly has won us all over, it, it's fair to say. So we'll play his speech on the other side of the break, before we get to Darren Berry, uh, Chuck and I going to talk all things cricket ahead of the ODI series, a bit of big bash and uh, plenty more as well. But you can all weigh in as well. The hardcourt's open line, the temper text, 981116 Anything you want to put on the agenda, we're, a, we're four weeks away from the footy season. We'll hear from Taylor Adams as well very shortly, Max Gorn and uh, Alan Richardson as well. We've got a heap of stuff to play for you. Uh, Plenty of stuff going on on the breakfast shows throughout the day. This is your home of sport. SEN, John Donahoe with you. Big last hour still to come. Darren Berry on the other side of this.
2: SEN, this is the Sporting Capital.
3: Sporting Capital right around the country. It's Wednesday evening and what a time it is for sports lovers everywhere. The cricket's still with us. We're four weeks away from the AFL, the NRL getting going. It's a great time of year if you are a sports fan. Come and share it with me. 0433 98 11 16. That's the temper text machine. You can hit us up on the Harcourts open line 1300 736 736. Before we hear from Mitch Marsh and then get to Darren Berry, let's take Nick who's called in on the Harcourts open line. G'day, Nick.
7: G'day, Don. How you going, mate? Going very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm just watching Married at First Sight. And as I was watching it, I thought, you know what? I'm going to ring John Donahoe and talk about the Mighty Hawks.
3: Oh, yes, yes. The Hawks were down in Torquay today. We saw James Blank was on Sports Day a little bit earlier as well, re-signing. You'd be very up and about about the Hawks,
2: Nick.
7: John, I'm that excited about the Hawks this year. I think we can make the top six and make an impact. Now, let me talk you through why, all right? I was talking to a great friend of mine today. Uh, a a fellow hawk, and this is why we reckon Hawthorne can have an impact. Now, all dependent on injury. If they stay injury-free, Mitch Lewis, 60-plus goals. Thank you. Jackie Ginevan, and I will be wearing headbands to game this year, headbands on to Ginny, 30-plus goals. Thank you very much. Luke Bruce, just a lazy 40 because that's what he does, Mm. underappreciated by the AFL community. Marby Orr, he'll kick 20-plus. Nick Watson, he'll kick 20-plus. Jack Gunston, he'll kick 20-plus. We're, we're, we're on we're on the march. Dare mm. I say, like the turtles?
3: <laughs> Absolutely, Nick. I I love love your passion. You you be are you a cheer squad operator? You would be, wouldn't you?
7: Don, as I just float about. You know, I just I, I just mingle around the crowd, talk to all the Hawthorn fans. You know. Sometimes after the game, uh, but uh, you know, I, I just I just do what I do at Hawthorne games. You know, I've
3: got a have got a great idea for you, Nick, and and I don't know if anyone's actually thought of this, but you sound like such a um, a well educated football man. I reckon there'd be a great opportunity because no one's done it before and and no one's done it very successfully either. A a post-game fan catch-up, similar to Arsenal fan TV, you could do it for all teams or you could just do it for the Hawks if you wanted. I I reckon it would be fantastic and no one's – it's an untapped market right now.
7: Well, I think there was one, one, there was one for Hawthorne a few years ago, which uh, was very successful, but I think that's uh, gone into hiatus for a little bit. All right. Hopefully they can come back at some stage, but uh, it's a very untapped market, and that was a very popular uh, show back uh, when it was on.
3: Very nice. All right, well, final word on the Hawks. You think, what, top six this year?
7: Top six, multiple players to kick over 20 goals. As I said, we're on the marsh like the turtles. Now i to get back to watching Married at First Sight. Donners, thank you.
3: Good on you, Nick. There, well done. And, uh, yeah, Married at First Sight, not as good this year. A couple of weird operators on it. Caught episode one. Don't think I'll watch again. But Nick is a massive Hawks fan. Good man, Nick. We've spoken to Nick before. So uh, he is uh, very familiar with how things re- operate here on the Sporting Capital. Good on you, Nick. Well, let's hear from Mitch Marsh, a very emotional speech From Mitch Marsh as he just won the Allen Border Medal, and then we'll get to Darren Berry.
9: I always go to awards nights and I spray people at table because they haven't got anything prepared um, at an awards night, um, and I don't have anything prepared, so um, I just want to thank a few people. I've obviously spoken about Greta, my amazing wife, but um, I want to thank everyone at WA Cricket um, for your amazing support throughout my career. And um, no Australian player gets to where they are without the help and guidance of their state. So. Um, They've been vitally important for my career. Um, To a man named Scott Newman, who a lot of you won't know, um, he's been my batting coach um, for the last few years and uh, one of my greatest mentors in my life. Um, Without him, I'd probably still be trying to defend most balls instead of slogging him. So um, I've got him a lot to thank him for. Um, And his old man Bobby down at Newman Cricket Store. Um, They're an amazing family. So to Scotty, thank you so much. to our team it's oh, i just love playing in this team now i've had so much fun especially over the last 12 to 18 months we've had so much team success and i guess i'm really proud to have uh, been able to contribute to that um over this period of time and everyone knows i love a good time and when you keep winning it just gets better and better so um it's been great but i'd like to um pay particular uh thank yous to uh, ronnie and patty um You believed in me, um, and I don't really know. I I can't thank you enough for just believing in me. um, I'm a bit fat at times, and I love a beer, but um, (laughs) um, but you see the best in me always, and um, you just yeah, you've uh, you've changed my life. So for for your support, Paddy, and your leadership, um, playing under you is an absolute dream. So um, yeah, thank you very much. she probably finish there, but um, just quickly to my beautiful family at home, to Mum, Dad, Sean and Melissa. Um, you, I know how proud you'll be. Dad'll be sitting having six dubbies at the Coral Bay pub. Um, and he'll be telling me to stop crying, so uh, it's probably time to get off the stage. But um, this is a huge honour, AB. Um, yeah, thank you for being here, and I uh, really can't quite believe it, so um, I'll see you on the dance floor.
3: <laughs> As raw and emotional as you can get and a man who's turned his life and his career around after being on the the cricketing scrap heap, so to speak, for so long and now is the number one man in cricket. The Allen Border medalist of 2024 is Mitch Marsh. Ash Gardner winning the Belinda Clark Award as well. So good on Mitch Marsh. And we're going to keep the cricket theme going with uh, one of my all-time favourites, a man I spend a little bit of time with on Big Bash Nation. We'll see him on Friday as well on the coverage for the Australian West Indies ODIs. Darren Berry, part of the SEN Cricket commentary team, is with me. Hello, Chuck.
4: I'm a bit fat and I like a beer at times.
3: <laughs> That'll go down in, in, as in folklore, I reckon, one of the great lines.
4: And uh, isn't it appropriate for uh, many of us who uh, <laughs> love the game of cricket? You you, and I included Johnny D, but uh, look, I must admit, as you know, I've been out tonight at my mm-hmm. son's basketball, so I haven't watched the awards. And I've just heard that as you were playing it whilst I was waiting but I could just say um, I am so wrapped that Mitch Marsh is the Allan Border medalist because I, I wouldn't say haters. That's well, maybe you should say it. a lot of people just didn't give Mitch Marsh a chance. Uh, Jared Waitley will be—I uh, <laughs> think Jared Waitley might even be cracking the champagne yep. tonight, to be honest, because he's always been his biggest supporter. But I just think again, it's another great story in Australian cricket, and I'm so wrapped. And I've only just relatively heard it, so. Well done to Mitch Marsh. That's great reward for persistence. Yeah,
3: and I am i said a few moments ago, Chuck, I was one of them who who was off Mitch Marsh. I thought it wasn't up to it and all that. And, and I am so happy to be proven wrong in this situation because he has done a full uh, number on me and I am back big time on his bandwagon. I know that I shouldn't jump off and all that, but I love Mitch Marsh and I think it's one of the great stories in Australian cricket.
4: Well, I agree, Johnny, and uh, what you and I have found out and and all our SEM listeners, uh, it, in the job that we do, we get paid to make observations and comments, and I've been guilty, you're guilty. We, you have to have an opinion. Uh, the late, great David Hooks once said to me, if you're going to work in radio, get off the fence and have an opinion. You're not always going to be right. So many listeners would be in the same boat as us. Oh, Mitch Marsh is not up to it. But then there's those others that believed and... Uh, again, it's a great story and, uh, you know, really, Matt, for, for Mitch Marsh tonight.
3: Absolutely. And I know you were out. So the BBL player of the tournament was my man, Matt Short, and the Men's Domestic oh. Player of the Year was Cam Bancroft. Fergus O'Neill, by the way, Chuck, was the Bradman Young Cricketer of the Year as well. So uh, there's some awards for you. But, yeah, Matt Short, the rightful winner, I would have thought, of the uh, the BBL Player of the Year.
4: Thank you for updating me. Some good stories in there as well. Matt Short, Northcote Cricket Club, not much of a chance, in and out of Victoria, uh, in and out of the Renegades, goes to the Adelaide Strikers. What a great story. What a great, fantastic player. And uh, mm. speaking to a few people with Adelaide Strikers, they just think he's gone from strength to strength. So another big tick. Fergus, you mentioned Fergus O'Neill from the Melbourne Career Club. Country boy, I think. And uh, I've only met him once or twice, but he looks a real knockabout sort of fellow. And that, that is another big tick. I was rather to see him get a shot for the renegade. So thanks for updating me on it. Tim Bancroft, uh, you know, there's a story in itself, isn't it? I mean, he's been overlooked, many Western Australian people. Yep. Tim Gossage, if he's turning in, the goss will be saying, no, I told you so. Uh, so there's some really good highlights among those awards.
3: There, there certainly is. And, and before we get on to the ODI and a little bit of the test series, I spoke to Will Sutherland a, a few moments ago, and I, I mentioned your idea for cricket as a whole in Victoria um, for the Big Bash and about the the fact that you want to see more Victorians in the side and, and obviously Matt Short and, and Fergus O'Neill are two of those that can be and one Matt uh, Fergus O'Neill is playing for the Renegades obviously but he thought it was a brilliant idea and not to pump up your tyres too much, Chuck, but he wants to see more Victorians in both the Renegades and the Stars over the next couple of years.
4: Well, he's a fine young man, the Chief, and... Uh... I remember the young boy, uh, captain of uh, of Scotch College, and uh, he's now developed and we'll get on to the one days because I hope we see him tomorrow night. I'm not sure we will, but it would be mm-hmm. a great story. But uh, rap that he signed long-term for the Renegades, rap that Jake Fraser McGurk's locked away. So the Renegades are starting to build it, and you know, you would hope that Ferguson O'Neill gets locked away. So I didn't know you'd said that. You know my theory on it. Yep. I'm glad that Will Sutherland's... Uh, let's hope... If he's captain of that side... Uh, whichever direction they go in, well, surely he's got to have a say. And uh, I hope the Melbourne Stars also uh, follow suit. And look, they're not going to be all Victorians. That's not realistic. But as we discussed when we're doing the Big Bash, the Stars with only six Melbourne players is embarrassing. It needs to be a dozen uh, in each team. And in a sprinkling of two or three interstaters, don't get average interstate players when we've got better players in Victoria. End of story. That's
3: Absolutely. my opinion. Absolutely. Well, it's great minds do think alike, Chuck, because I did actually ask him if he would have a say in who comes in and who doesn't, and, and he said basically yes, and he wants to have a say in that. They're looking for a couple of opening cool. batsmen now that Quinton DeCock and Sean Marsh and Aaron Fincher are out. So he, he wants to sort of get involved in this whole list management type of thing and get the Renegades going forward.
4: Well, good to hear. And uh, look, he's got a bright future. He's always had leadership ability, and uh, you know he's he's been pushed into that one-day squad tomorrow night to um, Friday night. I beg your pardon. Yep. You and I will be working together. I'd love to call his name on the MCG yeah. on Friday night. I'm- I don't know whether we will, given the, the lineup, but uh, you just never know. You never know. The hometown might bring it forward, so let's stick him out there.
3: I'm a big advocate of, a bit Scotty Boland-like, I'm a big advocate of if it's in your home city and you're a new player in the side. I, I think throw all team dynamics out, you play the local boys. So Fraser McGurk should play, Matt Short, obviously, and, and Will Sutherland. And then in Sydney, they bring in others. You know, I'm a big advocate of that.
4: Uh, <laughs> nice to hear that, Johnny, but I don't think that's how the Australian selection no. Panel work. And, and, and oh, again, you know I love your work, but uh, I don't think that sentiment like that, probably at the highest <laughs> level, doesn't come into play. But, look, we'll wait and see. The, yeah. the other debate that I know that's going to frustrate you is, does Matt Short go straight in at the top of the order alongside Travis Head? Or mm. is there's whispers that Inglis might open? Does Steve Smith open in the short format now that he's captain? I mean, there's a lot of unanswered questions about the batting order
7: too.
3: Yes. Well, Dan Cherney put it out there a little bit earlier, the likely team for the first ODI against the West Indies. And it's sort of uh, – it's a great-looking team, but it has me puzzled as to why Matt Short might be batting in the middle order. He says it's going to be head and Inglis, Cam Green at three, Steve Smith – to bat at four, Marnus at five, Aaron Hardy at six, and Matt Short batting at seven, and then Sean Abbott, Xavier Bartlett to debut, Z- Adam Zamper and Lance Morris also to debut. That's from Daniel Cherney. He's reading between the tea leaves at the moment.
4: I don't like the tea leaves, Daniel. He's probably got a finger on the pulse closer than you and I. Yeah. within are in a sanctum, but if Short plays, don't bat him at seven. Don't just get him up there, top three, let him do his stuff. Let us get away to a flying start. Inglis can play in the middle because he's a very good player of spin. And, you know, when they bring their left arm orthodox on, they'll let Inglis do the damage in the middle. But again, that, that's what I would think, that if Short plays, which he will, he should play in the top 3 mm. Yeah, I, I I just think the
3: leading run scorer in the in the big batch has got to count for something. He's opened the batting a little bit in India previously. I get that Travis Head's one of the most informal ODI players in the game and Josh Inglis certainly right up there as well. But if, if look, I'm not a selector, Chuck, I'm allowed, I can uh, prophesize all I want. I would take Labashane out of that side. I'd bring Matt Short up to three and just drop everyone back one and uh, bring potentially someone else in. I don't know, but that's just me.
4: Uh, don't forget Marnus Labuschagne. And I, I don't disagree with you because I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced Labuschagne and Smith both in that one day side mm. need to be in that one day side. I mean, we've got a few players missing, obviously, out of our – more than a few. There's eight out of the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Maxwell obviously being one of them. But the bowls are all ready. It's a different-looking Australian side, let's be perfectly honest. Mm. They're trying a few. They're looking at a few. There's a couple of – well, there's three named in the squad for the first time. Uh, Hardy's barely, you know, he's played one a couple. So it's a very different looking side. Uh, but don't forget the role Marnus played in that World Cup yes. final at the other end. So, you know, whilst Travis Head went bananas, um, Marnus played a role. So I think they like that, what will we call it, the glue in the middle mm. to keep them together. But I will be intrigued between now and Friday when I get to the MCG as to the starting eleven and the batting order, because I think there's a lot of moving parts in
3: there. Yeah, I completely agree, and it's the first time we'll see an Australian ODI since the World Cup triumph, and and on the other side of it, the West Indies are coming in off good form. They beat England on home soil, a uh, 2-1 series win, so they're not in bad form, and this is their preferred format, just about.
4: For sure. I'm I'm looking through their lineup, obviously preparing a little bit and, and I'll be brutally honest, there, there's about four or five names that I I know bugger all about. They've got a couple of debutants, um, I think Keddie Bishop a Batsman yep. and, and Tevin Imlach, who's the, who's a wicket keeper, but you shy, shy Hope, their captain, he's a superstar. You know he averages fifty in one yeah. day. I get Shy Hope. Yeah, it's he's amazing. A star. Yeah. He's a star. And and when I say, the reason I said there's a few no-namers in there and I'm going through a few and I'm thinking, oh, gee, oh, he hasn't played oddly, oh, yeah, a couple of one mm. days. um There was a guy called Shamir, is it Shamir Joseph, I think? <laughs> well, I, I was surprised as well. Yeah. So uh, he's not in that squad. But my point is, you know, a month ago, we didn't know this boy from Burbees in Guyana and he's just torn the test match absolutely torn at the shreds. So... Mm. The West Indies have always produced some exciting players. So I'm enthusiastic about these three games to see on paper, you know, oh, the Aussies are going to wipe them. Hey, we thought that at the Gabba test match as well. We were yep. proven wrong. They've got some exciting talent. Elzari Joseph is a very good bowler. But even Athanese and a few of um, Greaves impressed me. Uh, guys like that, Hodges ha- hasn't played a heap. I think he's played about three. 31 days. Three one days. Yeah. Three one days he's played. There you go. So, you know, I saw enough of them in the test matches to say that they got a bit of ability but can they put it together on the MCG Friday night? Mm. Uh, let's wait and see.
3: Well, it's a bit of a, mismatch, a mishmash, as you mentioned. Shy Hope, the the mo- the mo most experienced, 121 ODIs. Azari Joseph's played 66. And then you, yep. you've you got 7 zero, 19, 42 for Roston Chase. You know, Matthew Ford took a three for on debut against England. He's played just the one game. You've got a couple of debutants, as you mentioned. And then Romario Shepard, O'Shane Thomas and Hayden Walsh Jr. have all played around 20 as well. So... Yep. Look, this is this is the format the white ball they love playing with. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of flair, attacking flair, they come out with on Friday.
4: Uh, agree. Some somersaults, some backflips. <laughs> uh, they'll always entertain the West Indies, good or bad. And uh, you know, again, right now I'm thinking, well, Australia will be too good for them. But did anyone think that they were going to beat us at the Gabba in a Test match? so I love. I didn't love that Australia uh, lost the game at all. I didn't like that, but I thought it was a real injection in the arm for Test Cricket uh, that the West Indies could knock Australia off at the Gabba of all places. Australia just don't lose at the Gabba. Yep. And uh, on the back of one man who we thought had a busted foot, he rolls out. <laughs> Enough's been said about that, but um, you know he's not in this squad. But who knows? There might be one or two names. Uh, that pop out of this little three-match, one-day series that we go. Keep an eye on that fellow as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. A couple more before we let you go, and I know you mentioned it there. We we never like seeing Australian teams lose, but, Chuck, it was one of those things I've never seen an Australian cricketing public be so happy for an opposition team beating us on home soil than what we saw on the weekend, it was amazing. I thought it was great for Test Cricket. You know, you, you want to see the big three, obviously, up and about, but the West Indies winning and being relevant in cricket again just seems right.
4: Again, two parts to that, what you said. Yep. Uh, as an Australian cricket fan, I hated it. As, as a <laughs> fan of the world cricket, like, how did we lose to the West Indies at the Gabba? Come yep. on, man. <laughs> we, were, we were not switched on. And to have that chase and only need 150 on the last day and fall over, not good enough, you know. And there needs to be questions asked. That was unacceptable. But however, on the other side of it, the West Indies, and we've spoken about it ad nauseum that a lot of their best players, a lot of them, go and chase the money on the world circuit, which we understand. It frustrates the hell out of me. But does that win? Does that win say to the West Indies, hey, stick... Let's play and represent our country. The passion when they run to the boundary line. And it was, it was like I love the big bash and I love T20s. Test is the best. And that was an unbelievable advertisement for Test cricket. And I just hope it gives the young West West Indian cricketers, both that are in their squads, but those that are playing domestic cricket for Barbados and Guyana and St. Lucia and, you know, Jamaica, hey, our country just beat Australia, I hope it gives them a little bit of an injection. Mm. And above all else, I hope that players coming through the system see Test Cricket as the pinnacle and not the million-dollar contracts around the world. I know we're pushing Mm. it up, Bill, Donnie, but (laughs) that's that's a 54-year-old man with a passion for the game. Same for me, Test Cricket is the best and it upsets me that many countries... South Africa now that their best players are not playing test cricket.
3: Well it was fantastic to hear Shamar Joseph in the uh, in the press conference post game say that I will be here always to play test cricket for the West Indies. I love this format. I want to play test cricket for the West Indies. It's the best and and he is just a, a really great personality. So he had a, a fantastic debut series. Uh, one one or two more chuck before we let you go. No, I mean just- yeah, so go. Sorry, I'm just,
4: yeah. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you there. Sorry, mate. And and we take the kid on face value, and he's come from the back block security guard. I watch the family story. It is an unbelievable story. However, Johnny, the real world tells me this he's now going to get a manager. His manager <laughs> will shop him around. The IPL will come calling. The BPL will come calling. The Melbourne stars are probably already on the phone to him. Do you know where I'm going? Yes, yes. Is he then going to be able to resist
2: money
3: talks?
4: Uh, I can go on the world circuit. Let's be real and make two million dollars, or I can play for the West Indies and make two hundred thousand. I hope with all of my heart that he chooses the West Indies. But what I'm seeing and what scares the life out of me and many of us old heads—that's not where it's going to go. Sadly,
3: yeah, I agree, and I hope. I hope you and I. I hope you're, we're both wrong Please on that. Be wrong. Yeah, I hope we're Please. we're wrong on that, but. Um, Look, all signs are positive so far, and it is only early days in his career. Hey, final one before we let you go, Chuck. Appreciate you uh, jumping on board, but you and I had a lengthy discussion about the Melbourne Stars, about the Melbourne Renegades a couple of weeks back, and one man I mentioned was Marcus Stoinis. I personally thought it was best for team and player to part ways, look in a different direction, and maybe just, you know, start afresh. He signed a three-year deal during the week for the Melbourne Stars.
4: Yep. And again, it's hard. As, I like Marcus Stornis. I, I wouldn't say he's a close friend, but before he even came to Melbourne, I'd spoken to him in Adelaide. He, You know, Marcus Stornis is a good person. He's a fantastic cricketer. But like you said, the stars, in my opinion, needed to shake the cage. They needed to shake a few, a few underperformers. And, and, and let's be honest, Marcus Stoinis has been an underperformer for the Melbourne Stars over the last couple of years. His overall record is good, all right? Mm. But I reckon in the last, and I haven't got stats in front of me, but if you pull up his last 20 innings for the Melbourne Stars, for the Melbourne Stars, that's all I'm saying, and, and give me those numbers, that might be an exercise for you to do. Yep. Uh, I thought the cage at the Stars need to be shaken. He's not a, he's, he's not a Victorian anymore was West Australian originally, came over here. and now So he's one, I'm with you, that as tough a call as it is, to be good, you've got to make tough calls. And that, for me, was an easy, tough call. Uh, some would say the tough call was to keep him on mm. and believe in him. Let's see. Wrong decision, in my opinion. If I was involved, I would have cut him free.
3: Yeah, I probably... Uh, well, we had this conversation. I would have probably done the same. I think his high score... In the across the Big Bash this season was 55 on, uh, on New Year's Eve. He made a 48 against the Hurricanes late and a 34, but it uh, really hasn't shone the lights out. And Bryce McGain said he's kryptonite, his kryptonite is left arm spin. So, look, he's signed on three, three more years with the Melbourne Stars and maybe they'll be able to turn it around. Who very well knows. Chuck, it's always a pleasure, my friend. I'm looking forward to sharing a commentary box with you on Friday. I'm on my international debut, so if you can hand me my hat, that'd be great, uh, and we'll do it all again soon.
4: Maybe we need to have a SEN uh, (laughs) commentator tap and uh, Jared could come along and and say a few words and and present it to you. So I know you'll be tense and nervous and uh, I'll be taking the mickey out of you. (laughs) What we will do, mate, we'll have a good time. The West Indies will entertain us one way or the other. Uh, And let's cross our fingers with our Victorian hearts. Wouldn't it be good if Will Sutherland and Jake Fraser McGurk uh, got to wear the green and gold uh, Aussie hat?
3: Absolutely, it would. Chuck, you're a star. We'll see you on Friday and uh, talk to you again very soon. Thank you, mate.
4: Cheers, Johnny. No worries,
3: mate. Darren Berry there joining us. He'll be on SEN Cricket on Friday along with Damien Fleming, Adam White and myself for the first ODI of the series Australia up against the West Indies. More Sporting Capital on the other side of this.
2: On SEN, this is the sporting capital.
8: Hey, where did we go?
3: Most certainly is the sporting capital. Show has flown by. Big thanks to Will Sutherland, to Darren Berry, to Maddie Forrest, as well. You can catch it all on the podcast if you missed any of it. And I'm going to put a little call out to our listeners: one 736 First caller in that goes to air and, and gives me something, either an unsung hero or talks a bit of footy, cricket, whatever. All three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 1-300-736-736. Our man Benny will pick you up and he'll put you through. I've got two prizes still to give away. General Two general admission tickets to a game of your choice in the home and away season 2024 in the AFL. And I've got 18 holes of golf plus a cart at Club Mandalay. one A bit like Dwayne's World. You call, you get on, you get a prize. All right, so the first two callers will get a prize as well. And, oh, they're, here they come. You incentivize and they come in. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 If you want to open up another uh, bit on the agenda, Mitch Marsh is the Allen Border medalist for 2024 as well. Luke's in Preston. Hello, Luke. How are you, mate? Good. How are you going? Very, very good. I've just got uh, something a
0: bit left field here, but... In uh, two days, it's the start where the Formula One teams are going to be launching their cars yep. for this season. And there's a couple of really shocking names that have been changed over the summer break.
3: Yeah, I, did I see one that they've changed? I can't remember. It might have been Alpha, Alpha Romeo have changed their complete name, haven't they? Yeah, so
0: two teams, actually. And one of them is Daniel Ricciardo's team. So Alfa Tauri are now going by the name of Visa Cash App.
3: They're not, are they? As a as a Formula One team, they're going to be called the Visa Cash App team.
0: Yep, legit. Wow, that's, uh, that's what's going by. And Alfa Romeo, and now going to be called the Stake F One team.
3: Yeah, remarkable. Money, money talks, I guess, because you know, obviously these these people buy these teams, and they can call them whatever they want if you put enough money into them. Uh, wait, so, say that again. Who? Who? So, Daniel Ricciardo in twenty twenty four is racing for who?
0: Daniel Ricciardo in 2024, it's still Red Bull sister team. Yep. But it's no longer AlphaTauri. It's going to be called the Visa Cash App
2: Red Bull team.
3: Remarkable. Oh, I've heard it all. I've heard it all. I didn't know that one. I knew that uh, the Alfa Romeo team had switched to, what do you call it, Stack, was it? Yeah, stake. 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 Remarkable. There you go. Well, yeah, we're not far away from uh, things getting underway. Hey, uh, Lukey, would you prefer 18 holes of golf plus a card at Club Mandalay or do you want two general admission tickets to a game of your choice in the 2024 AFL season? We'll
0: go to the
3: AFL. All right. You've got two tickets, general admission, a game of your choice in the home and away season. I'm going to pass you back to Benny and he'll uh, take your details down. All right. Thanks, Luke. Appreciate that. Dave's in Port Douglas on the open line as well. Hi, Dave. How are you,
0: mate? It's a great show. It's a yeah. bit different weather up here, but good show.
3: Love it. <laughs> Lovely, mate. Uh, what uh, What have you got on your mind?
0: Mate, I heard you're talking to Will Tuttle, and I just think it's, uh, we talk about our test team at the moment. Do you reckon there's room for him to potentially be that five or six, two or three years' time? But we've got a firing Cameron Green. How good would to have that second all rounder in the team, in a
2: test team? Any
3: Any possible chance? What do you well, think? I would love to see it, but a bloke who's just won the Allen Border medal is doing pretty well as well as the all rounder. So you've got him. And then they they really like Aaron Hardy as an option more in the short form, but I think they're they're looking at him as an option for the for the Test matches as well. He might be a couple back, but the good thing is he's got youth on his side. He's twenty four years old, so in four or five years' time, when he is you know around that twenty eight, twenty nine mark, he he could potentially. But it, this would be a great start if he can get a game in this one day series. You just never know. Yep. What might come of it Because he can hit a long ball He bowls a heavy ball as well And he, he's got some genuine pace about him So I think it's a good call Dave I think it's a really good call good
0: you,
3: mate. Hey I would give you um, tickets to Club Mandalay To play golf But in Port Douglas you'd be a long long way away So apologies uh, there funny. No
0: it's funny I'm heading down to Victoria in about three weeks so All right.
3: All right. Well you've got them You've got 18 holes of golf <laughs> plus a cart At Club Mandalay uh, And drink two drinks as well uh, midweek for just 90, 99 bucks. visit clubmandalay.com.au. I'll pass you back to Benny. Good on you, Dave. Enjoy that uh, down in Melbourne in a couple of weeks' time. We're going to get to a break here on the Sporting Capital. More to come. We'll uh, play some audio on the other side of this.
2: On SEN, this is the Sporting Capital.
3: Hope you've enjoyed the program. Been plenty to like about it. You can catch up on the Will Sutherland chat on the podcast as well as Darren Berry and Maddie Forrest who joined us to talk all things footy. Speaking of footy for just a moment, David King's been going around track watching over the last couple of weeks. He was at Richmond today. So here's his synopsis of the Tigers. And don't forget Kane and Kingy back on Fireball Friday from this week. So in a couple of days' time, they will bring you all things footy as we ramp up 36 days I think until the ra- opening round of the footy season and you'll hear all the you'll hear a few pre-season games here as as well on SEN so that'll be fun you can uh, start to really delve deep into your footy team over the next couple of weeks Richmond match sim this is from Kingy e on Twitter Appeared to be a, to be longer kicking, much less handball than other teams. Are they good enough by foot to play that way? Mansell should be a consistently very good AFL player. Showed some brilliance around stoppage and charging forward into space. Hit the score hit the scoreboard as well. Dow, uh, this is uh, Thompson Dow, brother of uh, Dow. Brilliant handball from inside traffic to outside runners. Generally number four, Dustin Martin, who was awesome as per usual. Uh, Trezise, something there at half-back, started well in the main team. Shay Bolton looked uninterested, uh, looked uninterested, but flexed for a 10-minute patch of brilliance. A Hopper, a huge second half, big year coming. Kaczynski, not sure, can't be dropping lace outers. Uh, S Green, I'm a fan, could be in the L. Baker mould. And all in all, as expected, top-line talent in good order, despite a few very good ones on the sidelines. And Kane Corns obviously weighed in and said, Bottom four question mark. So Friday will be very, very interesting with uh, with Kane and Kingy as well. Uh, Fireball Friday. It's all happening. I asked a little bit earlier as well some of your unsung heroes in the world of sport. And Johnny off Twitter has said Brody Mychek just gets the job done playing uh, playing as an undersized key forward. He provides great target and kicks big goals in big games certainly does as well. All right, let's cycle through a little bit of what we heard in the world of footy and world of sport throughout the day. Taylor Adams uh was well he he, he has been quite vocal about wanting to leave Collingwood. Uh this was on 3W a couple of days ago and about how he ruled himself out of the grand final.
8: And Fly and Joe Wade had absolutely nothing to do with that decision. They gave me every opportunity. They said, go out and train however you want. You've got till Thursday. And I could still feel my hamstring on the Tuesday. And more than feel it, I just knew that I didn't have the ability to get through four quarters of, you know, the most intense footy that you are playing a year. So I walked off the – I didn't even get to the warm-up. I, we did a bit of fundamentals, basically, off the back of the warm-up. I wasn't even into main training. And I walked off knowing that my season was done and um, – that I wasn't willing to, to risk uh, running out on grand final day, you know, and mm. turning hamstring in the first 10 minutes and letting my teammates down.
3: Interesting there from Taylor Adams. He also talked about how he was highly encouraged to leave or recommended to him to leave Collingwood. And then I had a few conversations, obviously, post-season, after all
8: the dust, settled with some of the key figures at the football club, and um, it became really apparent that it was highly recommended to me that I look at another football club and... By well, that stage, it was Monday post the grand final and um, yeah. Sydney had shown some interest through my manager and um, I said, all right, well, we're going to have to go and see what this is about now. And I jumped on a plane and met, met with Horson, um, management up here, up here in Sydney on the Wednesday probably uh, the grand final and um, had a few conversations back and forth with Graham Wright and Craig McRae and um, I just didn't get the feeling that my future was best suited to Collingwood. Did that hurt or the way that I phrase it? Oh, yeah, it hurt. Absolutely. Um, I've been it sort of unfolding over the last 24 months. So, yeah, I still felt like a really valued part of the team or the club, but probably more so the club than the team. I could just say the,
3: the, the, the footy team was going in a, in a different direction. Honest, open, raw. I like it from Taylor Adams. We don't see enough of players just telling it as it is. And a couple on a couple of occasions, he has mentioned how – he didn't feel like he was wanted at Collingwood anymore. And we we rarely hear it these days from players moving clubs, but he moves back to Sydney for the second time in his career. He links up with his former teammate Brody Grundy and, and it looks like Sydney are going to be a formidable target and formidable team this year. You just think they'll get things sorted. John Longmire will have them up and going. Tommy Papley, uh, Errol Goulden is going to have an outstanding year. He's one of my early tips for the Brownlow and Taylor Adams adding him to that midfield. Talk of unsung heroes in a Collingwood lineup. He he was just about the heart and soul of that team. Unsung as they come, runs up and back all day long. And what an addition he is going to be to the Sydney Swans in twenty twenty four. We spoke about Clayton Oliver a little bit earlier as well. He was Max Gorn giving an update on Clayton Oliver.
1: He's had his challenges, especially over the last couple of weeks. Sure. Um, yeah, we, we all just want the best version of Clayton possible. Mm. Um, if that is being in and around the football club, then come tomorrow and we'll have um, the best time ever. If it's not, if it's to have a bit of time away and work mm. on himself... Um, I'm also supportive of that. Absolutely. Right now it's in other people's hands a lot smarter than me and um, hopefully we get him back soon.
3: And finally, uh, Head of Footy Alan Richardson. He weighed in on the Clayton Oliver situation as well. Good signs. He's uh, He's got a smile on his face and it was nice to see the vision of him back running around and getting the ball off Max Gorn today. Here's Alan Richardson.
8: He's done a lot of training himself. Um, he's basically been in the hands of his medical team and, and, and that's gone really well for us and it's gone, more importantly, it's gone well for Clayton. He, um, he joins the program again today. He won't be in everything. It'll still be a, uh, a week where he'll integrate back into you know, what our training looks like. We'll have to um, make sure we bring him up to speed from an educational point of view you know, with any of the adjustments we've made to our game plan. Um, he'll he'll still be doing ball work, but on the side in the in the in the rehab group. And um, uh, other than that, he's. Um, it, I mean, fundamentally, it's just great to have him back, and it's great to see him with a smile on his face and feeling better. That's the that's the most important thing. Uh, and we're looking to support him wherever we can.
3: Clayton Oliver could be bigger and better than ever in 2024, and good to see him back on the track. We have got to take a break. We're going to wrap things up on the other side of it. This show has flown. Bye tonight it's been great fun and great to have your calls as well i'll be back throughout the uh, throughout the next couple of weeks to do more of it so hopefully we can uh, get a few more calls in the lead up to the footy season break and wrap things up on a wednesday night next
2: On SEN,
3: this is the Sporting Capital. What a fun night it has been on the Sporting Capital on your home of sport. It all gets going once again nice and early tomorrow morning, a Thursday of SEN action, SEN breakfast right across the country wherever you might be. And then obviously, G. Waitley, who's jetting off to Las Vegas tomorrow. Don't forget as well, the Super Bowl, Monday the 12th of February, will be live on SEN, the biggest event on the planet this uh, this time of year. G. Waitley, Benny Graham going to just tear it apart, uh, the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not sure how they work this out, but the Chiefs are wearing red. The San Francisco 49ers will get in the white kit because it's obviously neutral venue, whether they flip a coin or what. But that is how it has worked out. Patrick Mahomes up against the, well, Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last pick in the draft, Brock Purdy, but he's been compared by some to a young Drew Brees. I can't wait for the Super Bowl. I love it. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I, 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 I'll, I implore this. If you are a sports fan and you you don't love NFL, you don't watch it throughout the year, watch the Super Bowl. It, It is exciting. It's two of the best teams. This is genuinely two of the best teams all season long. The number one seed, San Francisco 49ers, up against the number three seed, Kansas City Chiefs. But they don't seem like the three seed. They are unstoppable. Their fourth Super Bowl in six years, a dynasty is forming. And Patrick Mahomes, if he wins this, is on track to catch, in his career, Tom Brady's record of seven, which would be remarkable. you got to remember, Paddy Mahomes is 24, or 25 years old, younger as well. He's got plenty of time on his side to catch the GOAT Tom Brady. And if he wins this, he's well and truly on his way to becoming the number one man. I implore you, watch, listen to the NFL, to the Super Bowl if you get a chance. It is one of the great events on the calendar. I love it every year. The amount of people and the amount of interest it's gaining in Australia over the last couple of years, the bars are packed up, you know, the the wings, you get Philly cheesesteaks, all that sort of stuff, the Americanization, even for a day, I love it. And and the fact that I lived there for a while and I've been to NFL games and big games over there, it is an event and it's fantastic. And you'll hear it all right here on SEN, so don't miss any of that. As I said, you're also going to hear the three-match one-day series, the three-match T20 series live across your SEN stations as well. We're bringing you the New Zealand Test Series as well. So the cricket just continues over the next couple of weeks. Australia v. New Zealand uh, kicks off in a couple of weeks' time. We'll have, hopefully, the T20 World Cup later this year as well. You're never going to miss any of it across the station. Uh, We are the home of cricket right here on SEN. So make sure you tune in. But it all kicks off the ODI Series on Friday. Australia and the West Indies uh, we know it looks like there'll be two debutants, Lance Morrison. Xavier Bartlett, what a story Xavier Bartlett is. Was nowhere near the top five in wicket takers last year. He was, he often was the the player that was subbed out of games. He bowled his one over, they'd sub him out, he copped a little bit of tap. Go full circle 12 months later and is the leading wicket taker in the Big Bash se- season of the team that wins the Big Bash. Great story. And he's about to debut for his country, at the MCG, hopefully in front of a big crowd. It is a Friday. It's going to be nice weather. It's going to be a hot weekend here in Melbourne. So if you are out, go to the cricket on Saturday. 2.30 p.m. it kicks off. Uh, we're on air from 2 o'clock, so you'll you'll be able to hear us on the way in. And it, it should be a fantastic series. The West Indies are certainly a great white ball team as well. But no shortage of sport over the next little while and you'll hear it all here on your home of sport, SEN. Uh, the hardcourt's open line uh, was 1300 736 736. The temper text machine. Appreciate all the calls and all of the texts. Big Benny over there in South Australia. Thanks for looking after me today. Been great fun. And I'll see you next Wednesday right here on the Sporting Capital.